In today's brief, we'll talk about floodwater safety, the overnight shelling of Ukrainian cities, and how genocide has become trendy on Russian Instagram. And today is Wednesday, June 14, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. At the time of recording, Ukrainian Deputy Minister of Defense Hanna Malyar had reported that Ukrainian troops have advanced in the direction of Bordensk in Zaporizhia Oblast and Bakhmut and Toretsk in Donetsk Oblast. The Ukrainian offensive in Berdyansk area has been successful so far, advancing from 500 meters to 1 kilometer over the past day, according to General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine's spokesman Andriy Kovalev. He added that the area of the territory taken under control was up to 3 square kilometers. Ukrainian soldiers are advancing along the flanks in the Bakhmut direction. According to commander of the ground forces of the armed forces of Ukraine, Oleksandr Sirsky, Russia has lost one soldier for every 48 centimeters of advance. That's about the length of your average arts and crafts ruler. The Ukrainian MOD, that is Ministry of Defense, reported 8 billion in damages caused by Russian attacks on Ukrainian military facilities in 2022 which amounts to roughly 298 billion hryvnias. Moving on to the temporarily occupied territories. It's worth pointing out that it is likely that the media blackout in the Kherson region is to protect civilian evacuation from the flooded areas of the occupied left bank. For that reason, we will not be reporting on evacuation efforts unless announced by Ukrainian government officials. A powerful explosion was reported in temporarily occupied Luhansk, according to United24 Media. Russians are still coming to Mariupol for war tourism, to dance on Ukrainian bones and take selfies, because apparently genocide is an aesthetic. Major Vladislav Dudar, representative of the Ukrainian MOD, Ministry of Defense, reported that Russian forces have mined a large number of hydraulic structures in the Zaporizhia and Kherson oblasts, saying, quote, They are currently blowing up small hydraulic structures every day in various populated areas, end quote. A local source in Simferopol, Crimea, reports that individuals are being threatened and harassed for posting pro-Ukrainian content on social media. Let's talk about developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. Russia launched 14 KH-101 or KH-555 cruise missiles and up to four Shahed-131 or 136 drones, of which 10 cruise missiles and one drone were destroyed by Ukrainian air defense. The death toll from the Russian missile attack on an apartment complex in Krivirih has increased to 12 and 36 injured, according to Alexander Vipul, the head of Krivirih military administration. According to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, the missiles used in the attack contained over 50 components produced in foreign countries. 
A church in the village of Bilozerka in the Kherson region was attacked by Russian occupiers in the afternoon, leaving a 72-year-old priest dead and a 76-year-old woman injured. Yuri Ignat, the spokesperson for the Air Force of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, reported that Ukraine is increasing the production of long-range attack drones. When asked to comment on information from Western media about Russia's construction of a plant to produce drones in Tatarstan, Ignat responded, quote, Ukraine is not sitting idly by. We also have facilities that are operating at a high level. I mean businesses that can now produce strike drones. Ukraine is already producing more powerful UAVs with a long range and a large water... Ukraine is already producing more powerful UAVs with a long range and a large warhead charge. End quote. A Russian missile hit a bottled water warehouse in Krivyi, killing seven people, including a 17-year-old. The warehouse was supplying water to the Kherson region for the victims of the destruction of the Kahovka HPP dam. President Zelensky held a meeting on creating a special tribunal that will try Russian leadership for the crime of aggression against Ukraine. Zelensky instructed that a draft resolution be developed for the UN General Assembly on the need to create a tribunal. The Ukrainian State Environmental Inspectorate announced that water from wells can only be consumed after they're cleaned, and samples have been tested in a laboratory due to cholera and E. coli found in Kherson region. Noteworthy, no cases of E. coli or cholera have been reported in Kherson region or anywhere in Ukraine as of the time of recording. A recent poll by the Kyiv International Institute of Sociology, or KIIS, 84% of Ukrainians believe there are no problems with using the Russian language in Ukraine, and Russian-speaking citizens are not oppressed. The results directly refute the Kremlin's propaganda narrative about the alleged persecution of Russian-speaking residents in Ukraine. The court rejected the request by Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate to hold services in the Kyiv Pochersk Lavra, otherwise known as the Kyiv Monastery of the Caves, according to Culture Minister Alexander Tkachenko. President Zelensky met with the International Atomic Energy Agency, Director General Rafael Grossi, yesterday in Kyiv to discuss the risks posed by the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant after the Kohovka Dam disaster. According to the president's office, Zelensky commended Grossi's decision to visit the plant in person and inspect the situation on the ground. Russian forces shelled eight communities in Sumy Oblast, firing over 21 times across the border, according to Sumy Oblast military administration. Over 101 explosions were recorded. According to Sumy Oblast governor Volodymyr Artyuk, Seven state forestry employees were killed in the shelling today. Moving on to the Russian Federation. Self-proclaimed president of Belarus, potato dictator, and loyal vassal of Russian President Vladimir Putin, Alexander Lukashenko, said, quote, There will be no hesitation regarding the use of nuclear weapons in the event of aggression against Belarus, end quote. Adding that, quote, I don't think anyone would want to go to war with a country with such weapons. It's a deterrent, end quote. Is it? Is it really? 
Russian dictator Putin has signed a law that allows the withdrawal of foreign passports from conscripts. A document not submitted without a valid reason is considered invalid. At a meeting with so-called military correspondents, Putin wondered whether it was necessary for the Russian army to go to Kyiv again, ultimately deciding that it was not worth doing now. He also alleged that Russia does not need mobilization because the recruitment contract workers are not bad. Indeed. In Krasnodar, an oil depot near Yablonovsky Bridge is on fire. Black, Thick smoke is visible several kilometers away from the fire's epicenter. The preliminary area of fire is reported to be 20 square meters. Putin made a contradictory statement about the goals of Russia's attack on Ukraine, indicating that they are both changing and unchanged, saying, quote, They are changing in accordance with the current situation. But in general, of course, we will not be changing anything. End quote. Adding that Russia's goals in Ukraine are of a, quote, fundamental nature for him. How profound. Russia submitted a bill to Parliament pardoning all small and medium crimes of participants of the so-called special military operation. Both professionals and mobics will be exempted from criminal prosecution even if the crimes were committed before the law came into force. Those who receive state awards or retired from service will also be exempt. According to the ISW, Russia's military formalization efforts aim to restrict Prigozhin's independence and that Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shaigu is seeking to regain favor with Putin following successful defensive operations in southern Ukraine. Russia is increasing its supply of Iranian-made drones by importing them via the Caspian Sea and setting up domestic production, according to the latest UK Defense Intelligence update. Moving on to Europe. French President Emmanuel Macron said that Ukraine's counteroffensive has been going on for several days and may, quote, last several weeks or even several months, end quote. Adding, quote, we want it to be as successful as possible so that we can start the negotiation phase under the right conditions, end quote. Poland and Germany are finalizing negotiations on a leopard repair center for Ukraine according to the German ambassador to Poland. German Minister of Defense Boris Pistorius promised to supply more Leopard 2 tanks, saying, quote, We will not be able to replace every failing tank, but we will continue to supply more refurbished Leopard A15 tanks from July, and by the end of the year, there will be more than 100, end quote. Luxembourg's Chamber of Deputies voted on a resolution today to recognize the Holodomor of 1932-1933 as a genocide against Ukrainians. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitro Kuleba wrote in response, quote, I commend Luxembourg's Chamber of Deputies' historic vote to recognize Stalin's Holodomor of 1932-1933 as a genocide against Ukrainians. 
This step honors millions of victims and restores historic justice. The international acknowledgement of the Holodomor genocide continues. The international acknowledgement of the Holodomor genocide continues to rise. End quote. <sighs> A large-scale disinformation campaign about Russia's war in Ukraine has been exposed in France. Over the course of the year, 355 web domains were operating on the internet publishing pro-Russian content disguised as publications from Europe, the United States, and the Middle East. For example, 58 fake articles were found in four French media outlets, including the well-known Le Monde and Figaro newspapers. A website that looked like the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs wrote about a fake so-called security tax to help Ukraine. 14 EU member states and states participating in the EU Civil Protection Mechanism have provided aid to Ukraine in the wake of the Kahovka Dam disaster, according to European Commissioner for Trade Vladis Dombrovskis. The aid includes 76 boats, over 300 water pumps, and over 160,000 shelter items. The Latvian The Latvian government agreed to grant an additional 430,000 euro, that's about 464,000, <clears throat> and that's about $464,000, to mitigate the consequences of the bombing of the Kahovka hydroelectric plant. And finally, let's discuss the events worldwide. In an interview with U.S. media channel PBS, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg stated that it is impossible to name the exact date of Ukraine's accession to NATO, but that it will happen after its victory in the war. Commenting on the counter-offensive, Stoltenberg said that he sees the first signs of success. Quote, We must be prepared that this offensive will be bloody and difficult. End quote. According to the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. plans to supply tank shells with depleted uranium to Ukraine. Previously, depleted uranium shells had been provided by the U.K. The ambassador of Ukraine to Austria, Vasil Moroshnichenko, confirmed that Ukraine has asked Canberra to consider the possibility of handing over decommissioned F.A. 18 fighters. Ben Wallace, the Minister of Defense of Great Britain, said that NATO countries would transfer 107.5 million euros of air defense equipment to Ukraine. Kyiv will receive radars, guns, and a significant amount of ammunition. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources, and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news updates. And please, consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Thank you.